This is the Strategic Hot Box Reel with Dr. Brandy Love Stankovic. Remixing your favorite episodes and moments and giving you the tools to achieve greatness. It's time to kick some a- Today's topic, sex, drugs, and rock and roll. It's your girl, Dr. Brandy Stankovic. And today's episode, I know I say this a lot. I begin a lot of episodes and say, this is going to be my favorite ever. But this one might be one of my favorites ever. And that's because we're going to talk about rock music. We're going to talk about sex. I am here for the beer. Marijuana. Let's get started. I would like now to formally introduce you to... Dr. Catherine Hurtline. So how important is sex then? So you taught, you touched on, you went into sex therapy, so you do uh, family and, and marriage therapy. How much of that is sex and how important is sex to relationships? You know, that's a really good question. I don't know if this was your experience, but it certainly was mine. When I got my bachelor's degree, I felt like I knew a ton of things. Right. And then I got my master's and I was like, I don't only know like some things. And since I've gotten my doctorate and with every cohort of students that I teach, I realize how little I know. Oh my and what I've discovered about sex and how important it is, is it's really idiosyncratic to each individual and each couple. Sure. So I'll have tons of couples where they clearly have a diagnosable sexual problem, but because neither of them think it's a problem, it's not a problem. They right. don't want to talk about it. Sure. So it's not an issue. There are other couples who don't have a diagnosable problem, but their sex life is a problem to them. Mm. And then there are some people for whom one person's fine with the sex life and the other person's totally unhappy. And so that creates a sex problem. It's own problem. Right. Uh So it really is, I think, idiosyncratic to each couple. So I'd like to send us out now to a conversation I recently had with Chad Brown. Check it out. So for those uh, people that are listening and watching and being a part of this or know you and your personality, and they're thinking, I want to take a leap. I want to make a change, but but are afraid or just going, I don't even know how to begin that process. Yep. Where should someone start or what should they do? So for where they should start is find mentors. Mm. You know, you know, that's one of the biggest things I've learned throughout this whole process is you can never have enough mentors yeah. or sounding boards. Sure. You know, there's so many successful people out there. Get everyone's opinion. Mm-hmm. At the end of the day, you have to make your own decision. We're humans. Right. But get opinions from so many people and just learn. Yeah. You know, the main thing that we want to do, and I think why you and I get along so well, uh-huh. is we never want to stop learning. Right. So the more we ask, the more we listen, you know, and, and that's where I would say someone has to start. Join me in welcoming Brian. Hey, Brian. Hey, Brandy. How you doing? How do le- musical legends then, you think, stay relevant? I talked a little bit about evolution, but how do they stay relevant? Well, I think it's a good mix, and I really like what you talk about. It's a mix of consistency with uh, evolving, with evolution. Because, as you mentioned, you know, James Hetfield cuts his hair, mm-hmm. but if you show up to his concert and he's not playing any songs from the Black Album then you're going to have an issue, right? Mm-hmm. You're going to say, well, okay, now you've completely changed. Um, but they're really trying, staying true to their voice of what they've always done. But at the same time, uh, they don't want to be a one-hit wonder. So as they make more albums, as they play live, they have to maybe improvise a little bit, change things up, mm-hmm. um, change their look, whatever it is. Uh, we always want to see something a little different. So you got to have that strong base of really consistency and delivering what you want, what the fans want, but also evolving so that it continues to grow. We're going to bring in a very special guest named Katrina Skinner, who's going to talk to us a little bit about Safe Harbor and banking marijuana and what a relevant topic this is. 
I feel like this, one, this topic is creeping up everywhere because more and more states are looking at this from a regulatory standpoint. But it's also from a consumer behavior, it's, it's less that stigma is shifting somewhat in regards to is it recreational? Is it socially accepted? Is it neither? Is it, you know, where it is? So tell us a little bit about your journey and how we, you ended up to where you are today. Um, it's been a long, strange journey, but it's been, you know, awesome. I've learned a ton of stuff along the way. So um, I never thought that I would actually be working with marijuana. I liked marijuana when I first tried it when I was much younger, <laughs> but I never thought, you know, it would become relevant later on. Mm -hmm. But maybe because I wasn't opposed to it is one of the reasons I was willing to step into this this area. Mm -hmm. And, and um, it has been challenged because as long as it remains illegal federally, it has implications with everything you do, including the businesses. And it's one of the most frustrating aspects of being in this business, but also one of the most interesting because it's so full of change. So what Thanks, challenges uh, do people face in regards to their personal relationships? I mean, you've talked about kind of bringing it down to those two pieces, but how, does that spill over into professional lives? Yeah, you know, one of the other things I found, and this could be a little bit of, you know, kind of my area of research. I, I study high-risk um, sexual behavior and in, in and decision-making in postmenopausal women. I study technology and couples and families. I, you know, I study infidelity. I study women in academia. And, and probably thinking about that question, I think the biggest issue is technology and relationships. Oh, gosh, I agree. Yes. What, what happens is because we're so accessible now, your phone blings and emails all hours of the night and day. That's mm -hmm. interfering with personal life, right. right? But you feel like you have to respond. That's particularly true for women, actually. Mm -hmm. That affects women more than men. Men feel like they have the ability to set the boundaries and women's don't. women don't. So you end up having the sort of work-life conflict that mm. is now the result of technology. And, and leaders feel like they have to be responsive to all of these texts and emails. They have to be accessible, oh, yeah. but that's totally going to compromise. Right. Mm -hmm. But that's totally going to compromise what happens and how you're being a leader in your relationship. And so I think it's about negotiating some of what goes on there. And I saw Eddie Vedder last year play and uh, the messages that he had, in addition to just his music, I mean, his music is incredible. And in some points, it's just him sitting on a stump playing his guitar and it's oh I mean I could just you know I like make love to the music but he <laughs> he's so he's just so incredible and so talented but he also just shares love with the audience as well and he's very open-minded very supportive of of all types of people and I, and I really dig that many of us have had that dream creating something or wanting to do something that's going to change the world how can we make our passion become our paycheck and I think that that's something that so many of us look for and I personally haven't figured that out how to make you know some of my passions into money because being terrible at golf clearly or drinking until 3 a.m. is not making me any money if anything it's costing me a bunch of money most of my hobbies and habits just cost me a ton of money but how do we actually make some of these things that we love to do turn into or translate into something that uh, creates revenue or supports our family and the part of that is you have to want it you have to want it and drive it so much and want it in every single way and everything that you do and having a vision for that passion and that purpose. Um, the second piece of it is, is really if you aren't an expert today, becoming an expert in that field and being thirsty to learn to become an expert. And I think so often think people think I have to be an expert before and it's okay to make a jump before you're an expert. Just be thirsty and ready to ask questions to get other people involved. 
The next piece is to cash in on on your influence. I think that if you are going to uh, go after something, if you're going to chase your dream, if you're going to go for something, and I know the topic here is here for the beer, and the reason we did that is because our expert that we're going to bring in or that I'm going to show, share an interview I recently just had, he took a leap, a major leap to go after that passion, that dream that he had. And that's really the topic that I want to dig into and so many people haven't uh, really been able to do or, or have fear around in wanting to, to go for. And I think that uh, being that expert, having that vision and purpose, but also cashing in on the influence or the relationships that you have, if you've built strong relationships with people around you, how can you cash in on some of that influence and use some of that clout, lean on people around you, and then be involved, get involved, ask, volunteer your way to the top. We've talked about in the hot box years ago, get involved in as many avenues as you possibly can in business and in community with your money in the industry anything that you can do to learn and to meet people as much as possible but there's also this entire social stigma because you and you kind of mentioned it a little bit in the fact that it was something that you tried super early on in life and thus maybe had a bit more of an open mind and did you ever kind of envision that you would be the person working in marijuana and and with that in mind do you ever find yourself uh uh, be throwing disclaimers out there about what it is that you that you do. Um, not often because I I'm not actually in the plant touching part of the business. I'm mm -hmm. in the banking part of it, and I mm -hmm. think that's a little bit different. But even as an attorney, when I first started, um, I had to call my own attorney and say, "Hey, I'm going to assist with a case like this. Can you defend me?" Mm -hmm. Because at that time in Colorado and in several states now, it's against um, the professional code of ethics for attorneys or CPAs to even work in the space. Wow. And so, that was my law license, and that was my livelihood. And and mm -hmm. so I was worried. I said, "Not that we would win, but could you defend me?" Because right. I figured we'd have a good faith argument. But I see that still. So. I yeah. mean, and it is a challenge. It's uh -huh. a challenge for even accountants who need to get bank accounts who serve the industry. A lot of sex is about, um, it, well, it's about two things. And I'll give you a little hint here for all of you who are having kind of issues in your relationships. There's some a study I read years ago, but I have found it to be absolutely 100% true. All couple relationships, sex include, and ones with sex or without, can be, the, the problems in those relationships are often uh, boiled down into one of two problems. So it's not the dishes, the the dog, the this, the that, the laundry, it's money. It's not, it's not never any of those things. It's either, in some cases can be both, perceived neglect uh -huh. or perceived lack of control. So when I'm talking to people about sex problems, that's what I'm asking about. I'm trying to figure out whether the sex problem is a manifestation of issues of control in the relationship mm. or, a, or an issue of I'm perceived neglect. neglect. And that's how I'm working with, treat, with treating that issue. Wow. Yeah. So there you go. I've saved everybody hundreds of thousands of dollars of therapy just yeah. with that. There you go. <laughs> now I've worked myself out of a job. Well, this is going well for me. <laughs> perfect. And how has, has it, because it's a pretty tight-knit community in Wyoming, and a lot of the yep. product, and and I just know this, but tell us a little bit about the product and everything is, is from Wyoming, right? Correct, yes. So West Edge again came up with, uh, if you go to soiltospirits.com, it links back to our website, mm -hmm. because uh, there, are, there are some craft distilleries out there buying barreled product cutting it with their own water and calling it craft mm. where we're saying, no, we're, we're taking raw corn. We're taking raw barley and 
you know, it's going to be grown from a field within 20 miles and then turn in, turn into a bottle mm-hmm. here on site. Mm-hmm. You know, so we have a great relationship with our farmers. Um, we actually have a video shoot Friday morning with one of our farmers um, who's growing rye for us. Yeah. Um, so rye is kind of a four-letter word in Wyoming. Right, like meaning a bad word? Bad word because so rye and wheat grow, they're both grasses. Mm-hmm. So if you got a wheat field with rye in it, you can't spray because you're going to kill both crops. Oh, wow. Okay. You know, so finding a farmer to grow rye, it's a pretty big deal. Yeah. You know, and so West Edge wants to kind of showcase the Macy family hmm. and say, hey, look, they took a chance, you know, and, and their products and their rye is in our rye whiskey. Nice. It's in uh, some of our bourbons with rye. Mm-hmm. Um, the Macy's also grow barley for us. I mean, they're amazing. Cannabis in general, the cannabis industry is one of the fastest growing industries in the world. And the government, of course, is less fast. And let's just say that 33 states and Guam and Puerto Rico have all legalized use and selling and distribution of marijuana. Now, federally, of course, it's still illegal. And so many of uh, so much of the money and anybody connected to the industry, anybody doing anything with that industry is considered money laundering. And that that's that's just legit. And, so, and technically it is. So if you are um, doing any business in the, that industry and you are then accepting deposits or you are accepting any cash that comes from those businesses, it is essentially money laundering. Because if you think about it, especially bands like the Rolling Stones or bands like Metallica that have been around for a number of years, I'm certainly not the same person I was in the you know, when I went to my first Metallica concert, thank goodness. Right. And <laughs> and I would imagine you're not the same 14-year-old that was there for Earl Jam either. So, you, you right. know, you think about some of these things, like, of course, they're going to grow up in some ways and allowing them to be able to, to create new music with their new experiences is pretty cool, too. Right. And they, I think they have to continue to bring that emotion into the songs. And like when I saw Eddie Better, he was jumping around on stage. I think he took about 10 minutes where he was beating the stage up with the microphone stand. I still remember that. <laughs> yeah. I doubt he does that anymore. I yeah, doubt he's crowd yeah. surfing Just as much as energy. he used to. Yeah. <laughs> but right, he's still bringing that emotion when he sings that song. He's still right. inspiring. He's still sticking that microphone out into the crowd and we know we're supposed to sing. But in the end, taking the jump, going after your passion, really heading into something like that, it takes guts. It takes somebody being all in. You have to go for it. You can't dabble in it. You can't just be like, ooh, I'm just going to just pretend for a second. The entrepreneurial world takes somebody just jumping off the cliff. You have to go for it. I remember I was in New Zealand, um, and it's been years ago now, but we went uh, and we were on these like little wakeboards and we uh, went river rafting on these wakeboards. And I, I think it was called river boarding. And they asked a, a few times if we knew how to swim. And I should have caught on to the fact that a multiple times they go, do you know how to swim? And of course, we're like, yeah, yeah, of course I know how to swim, right? And But then the fact that they asked us so many times, I should have gone, why are they asking me so many times if I know how to swim? But because they put us in class three and four and five rapids on a wakeboard. And it was not even a wakeboard, like a little, I don't know, like a little small board. Boogie board is probably a better word for it and uh we went out there and when we were first kind of practicing you kind of just scroll around because the water's not really moving but then once you push out into these major rapids on these boards we had this grand idea of we'll just stick together we'll hold hands in the rapids like it'll be this beautiful moment what could everyone do then to spice up a little bit spice up their sex lives or even their leadership then well, what I constantly tell couples, and I think this is true for leadership as well, is the successful couples are ones that are flexible 
and supportive. Okay, that's really, really important. So couples who are flexible with one another have the ability to be able to um, navigate things that come their way. Right. And more more so than rigid couples. That's where a lot of problems come in, specifically in terms of sex, rigidity of roles and socialization and such. Um, And then if you're supportive of your partner, um, then there's more opportunity for growth. The same thing with leadership. You have to be flexible enough, or at least the way that I that I run the department or that I run the unit, is that everybody has to be at a place where they feel like they have ownership in the problems, they or ownership in the solutions, ownership in the unit. They feel like their voice matters, their voice counts, I'm, and I'm supportive of all those people. At the same time, you can't be so flexible that it leads to chaos, sure. right? You have to be able to make sure that flexibility is within meeting a common goal or meeting a common agenda, um, but you've got to have that flexibility and when people feel like they're supported they're going to work harder for you and they're going to be more committed to the relationship whether it's work or at home so one of the best things about music and musicians is going to live concerts and i try to go to several throughout the year but the when a musician is on stage and they're good and they're really getting into their music, they're living and breathing that that song and that music. They're bleeding their melodies. And you really, from a from an audience or a fan perspective, you get to see them in their rawest form. And there are so many moments when I've been at a concert with, you know, 30,000 of my, my best friends and that the musician will be playing a song that's really popular or one of their top hits and they'll turn the microphone over to the audience and the audience continues on and singing that song. And it's such a special moment. And I've, I commonly find myself looking around going, whoa, there's so many people in this room right now that are here for the exact same reason. And that's for the love of the music and to love of the moment in life. And that's just so special that uh, music can bring that out in people. And the marijuana industry is an interesting one these days. Lots of companies and entrepreneurs over the years have broken rules and rules to in business and rules to create disruption and innovation, you know, whether it's like a VRBO or an Uber. And how many businesses do you know that uh, knowingly break federal laws? Now, they might initially, but not many do it and then get away with it in on going right but there's certainly when it comes to marijuana that all in all of these businesses that are doing that are essentially uh doing breaking some federal laws because that there is some some uh, ancient or some legacy laws i should say in place when it comes to marijuana legislation and i think that i always talk about budgeting time and negotiating your technology i love that that's a fabulous takeaway for this yeah you know so i did an interview years ago for maybe two years ago or so for men's health and mm-hmm. the editor of that magazine or the editor of that piece uh did an experiment with his girlfriend where they put down their phone for 30 days mm-hmm. when they would get home from work and and this article and men's health talks about what happened in that 30 days. So it'd be really interesting to they check were like out. Bored the first day. I and think by day so. Yeah, 30, they were in love they, again. Or exactly yeah. right. And he said they ended up getting engaged. And uh, <gasps> right. So Paul Keita was the name of the the writer on this piece. But it was a couple years ago in Men's Health. You might want to check that out. Yeah, neat. And that's so true. My husband and I were laughing yesterday because we were both watching TV and sitting on the bed next to each other, also on our cell phones. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, like, it, it, like it's just, a whole it just thing happens, yeah. right? Oh and yeah. Course, how can that not impact the relationship? And it is the new reality for sure. Yeah. So look at this. I mean, this amazing leap that you've taken that most would not have the guts, the bravery to be able to do. And you you went for it. Yep. Can you leave us and leave the listeners and watchers with a bold action, a kick-ass takeaway? Oh, man. Um, 
like you said earlier, there's, there's no dabbling with one toe. It's jump in with both feet. It's mm -hmm. immerse yourself in whatever you're going to do and just learn. So I don't know if that's action item or a kick ass or anything, but it's, it's learn, 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 and jump in. Yeah. Absolutely. I think it is. And it's really the motivation sometimes that people need. They need to hear that. Don't be afraid. Don't be worried about, about failure. Failure is part of it. Absolutely. If we don't mess up, then we we don't learn about some of those valuable lessons that make us as strong as yeah, we are. Yeah. And if you don't knock on the door, no one's ever going to answer it. Ah, amen so you to have to go through. Bands all over all the time will sing songs like it's the first time Every time. I recently saw the Rolling Stones, and as you may know, the Rolling Stones formed in 1962. So you know those boys have been singing those songs for a long time, and they have probably sang some of the top hits millions of times. And yet when I was there, the experience I had was that they were rocking out. And that's what makes it really special is making it a new a new journey every single time. I was in a strategic planning session uh, just in the last couple of weeks, and we did back-to-back -back sessions. Day one was with a certain group. Day two was with another group. And there were a couple people that came to both. And because of that, a lot of the people that were speaking didn't say all the things that they said the day before. Like didn't present all the facts in the same way. And one of the things I reminded them as I was facilitating kind of in the breaks was, hey, don't forget to present this like it's the first time because there are people in the room that are bright eyed and, you know, and, and excited and hearing this information for the first time. And so as leaders, we have to be able to keep that in mind and be just as excited, no matter how many times we've delivered that message or been a part of that particular project that you're working on. So do communities play a role in all of this? If you've built your career and you've really been working in, in depth with this, in, in this industry, have communities played people working together? How has that helped and in, in growth? Um, oh, definitely. I, I honestly think that Colorado has um, a very successful marijuana market, right? I, I think one of the reasons that that was, is the case is because they had banking through Partner Colorado Credit Union. It allowed them to grow their businesses in a legitimate way, stabilize, and we saw a lot of consolidation in the market, right? Mm -hmm. But you'll see it in different communities, and I'm seeing this nationwide, is some communities are more supportive than the others, right? Mm -hmm. But Here's the thing, even um, we were talking before about Michigan, certain communities and townships have opted out of having a provisional center there, but they can now have delivery. Mm -hmm. So one of the things I always say up in Michigan, it's coming. It's going to be in your community, whether you want it or not. You don't want the cash there. That's where the robberies are. That's where the right. chance for theft and mm -hmm. crime occurs. So better to, you know, come up with, to me, some practical solutions such as banking, mm -hmm. you know, than to leave because these people will come up with their own solutions. Hey, it's Brandy with the Metallica concert ready to rock out. Are you ready to rock your top five kick ass? Let's kick some ass, let's do pop off. And we're about to see Metallica. Hey, I'm Andrew, I'm in a metal band. Uh, and you're listening to Brandy on the Strategic Hotbox? Yeah! yeah. This is Tiffany and I'm coming at you live from New York City at Katz's Deli. This pastrami will expand your ass, but listening to my girl Brandy Stankovic on the Strategic Hotbox will expand your mind. Oh, 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 yes! Oh. If you want to have what I just had, then you'll keep listening to my girl Brandy Stankovic on the Strategic Hotbox. This is Tiffany coming at you live from Katz's Deli in New York City. Hey, what up? It's Zach. I just got done 
rocking out hotbox style at Billy Idol here at Mandalay Bay in Las Vegas. You know who you guys are listening to? It's Brandy at the Strategic Hotbox. Rock on! It is time for us to head out to our top five kick ass. The first is to live, breathe, and bleed your art. If you want to be a musician or if you want to be a leader, if you want to be have whatever the art form is that you create, then you have to live it and breathe it and bleed it and just give everything you got to it. That's what makes people special. You know, I don't care if it's on the sports field or court or if it's in, you know, the studio, whether it's here or it's in a musician studio or anything like that you have got to give it all you got or the people on the other end of that are going to feel it nobody wants to hang out and listen to a, a half-assed concert right where somebody like brian says he shows up and somebody goes i don't really want to be here well that doesn't make anybody that's there that spent money to be there you know feel special same is true in leadership number two is become the expert i said it at the very beginning we talked about it in the interview with chad you've got to just become the expert and like he said you really you enter you you ask people questions Questions. Don't be afraid. Be humble enough to ask the people who are experts. So in order to you then become the expert. Number three is to practice self-love. So however you want to take this, take the metaphor and run with it on this. But definitely um, practice self-love. It's important to be confident. It's important, just like my son in the spelling bee, to tell himself that he can do it. It's important in a relationship to go into those zones that uh, that Kat was sharing, Dr. Kat was sharing with us about, about you know ha- being safe or, or feeling in a place that you can communicate and you can be a part of it and that you are loving the person that you, the body that you're living in. Because this is the only chance. It's the only vehicle you know that we get in this in this life and so love it do whatever it takes to to be a part of that in mental and physical ways Number four is serve the underserved. And that's definitely the stance that Katrina has taken in her business is this isn't safe. And and she's creating a safe harbor for organizations and for these business owners to go, to be able to give their their dollars into the system. And finally, find cheerleaders. People that are willing to say, yes, 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 go. Go do, jump, make it happen. Be the person that's out there you know, growing and jumping and, and going after the passion things that you want to do. If you don't have somebody rooting you on, you may lose that momentum along the way. Or if there's another topic that you'd like us to tackle here at the Strategic Hotbox, let us know. You can hit us up on Twitter at Brandy Love, B-R-A-N-D-I-L-U-V, or Instagram at Strategic Hotbox or at Brandy Love. And you can also email podcast at strategichotbox.com. And if you want any ongoing access, whether it's to find some leadership tools maybe some really cool merchandise that we have. We've had a lot of, uh, of our rock star friends and, and hot box pioneers uh, share some love with the wearing some of the merchandise and then the shirts and things. Then head out to the strategichotbox.com and you can find all of that there. Until I see you again, get out there, find your voice, embrace your voice, you know, embrace your groupies and kick some ass.